Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coaster Kings Radio. Today's episode talks about Mechibon. We just recently went on a little quick trip, uh, flew in from Florida, hit the park for a day and a half-ish, and we're going to talk all about today. We had a great time. It was very, very short notice, even by our standards. It was short notice, but it was... didn't even know that you were going to have... The days the off, days. because I was technically supposed to work on one of them, and then I, I ended up getting it off last minute, because Suddenly it was... it was three days, we're like, oh! So we had time to fly out there, so it was really short notice. It was also on the, on the back of a holiday weekend, so flying out there is so short notice. Um, we were just going to yeah, stand by and hope we could, you know, we were able to fly out. President's Day, so like Tuesday... Normally Mondays are like a crazy day to travel, but it was Tuesday this month, or this week because everybody had Monday off. So, so it was busy the airport, and we uh, it was quite entertaining to see all the people running to their to their flights there about to miss because TSA was so busy. On our flight, yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a great time, and we flew to LA, grabbed the car, obviously started with some In-N-Out Burger, and then yeah. went straight to Magic Mountain. It was actually the first time that we took a brand new camera lens and our new um, camera equipment or GoPro to the park. So we actually created two vlogs which are located on our YouTube channel. And we also have a bunch of amazing pictures on thecoastofkings.com um, of Tatsu's Repaint, for example, one room in construction, mm-hmm. and some views from the, from the back of the park. We've got some really great angles, some of our best pictures yet. We've gotten great feedback so far, so um, we would love for, for you to check it out if you haven't done so yet. Yes, thank you for the viewership and for your comments on our, our photos and our vlogs and stuff because we're it's new territory for us the doing the, the GoPro thing and also doing like we, we bought a zoom lens we've never really used one before so it's like we're having a lot of fun figuring it out and we really appreciate everyone's feedback on, on creating all this this new kind of this content luckily our, our editing skills for photos um, is, is not something new so obviously we've been doing that for a while but now we just have you know in different kinds of shots that we're really excited to have, and of course, Magic Mound being our old home park, something that's so dear to us because that's where Alex and I met. It was just fun to go out there and photograph. So a lot of our days were actually spent photographing yeah. and taking videos. And um, I think I think all of our content turned out really great. So I would love for everyone listening, if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. We got a one-on-one update, like a park trip report, two vlogs, and of course a bunch of stuff on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. So definitely join us there. Uh, but let's take a little tour of what we did. So we got there. And one of the first things we did, of course, was ride Viper. We were going to ride X2. Yeah, we hopped in line for X2. Well, sort of. We walked over there. We hopped in line thinking it wasn't going to be long, but then we didn't know it was running one train. And then we got to the switchback, so it was actually like two two or three switchbacks in use. We're like, ah, maybe later. Because obviously we just got in there to daylight. We want to take some pictures. Obviously we want to hit some of our favorites. So we actually went over to Viper first, which is running phenomenally. Yeah, yellow train. It's, they're only running the one train, but it's perfect. Oh, they were only one to one train that day. It's, yeah, um, yeah, for both of our days. But it works. Viper on those days, it's best for it to be running one train, I think, because I feel like the ride runs so well if it's a full train. And even if the lines were a little bit longer, it would still be better for the overall ride experience if you had a full train. So it was running one, tra- one train, but it was sending them out full, and it was just running fabulously. We rode uh, front, back, all over the place for our... For our fave, um, but yeah, after after exploring X two that first time, we kind of were like, well, we don't want to blow an hour of like really good daylight waiting in line for a ride when we've got our you know new camera stuff that we really want to. It's like we really wanted to seize the uh, the lighting, the daylight. So we just took off after getting a ride on Viper. We we just started up the uh, up the hill to Rapids Camp Crossing and. 
made our way around, started filming and, and seeing what our what our new stuff can do. What was funny was the weather because generally speaking, and I'm sure all of you guys know, SoCal, Southern California, Los Angeles, um, it's always very clear weather, generally speaking. There's only a couple of weeks a year where it's not very clear or even raining. Um, so we actually had two cloudy days. It didn't rain, luckily. It rained in the area, but it didn't rain at the park. Um, and so we have a, a couple cool shots that have clouds in it, and it was actually kind of cold. Like the first day we were there was about 14 degrees Celsius, um, and the second day was actually below 10 degrees Celsius. We had actually been to Disneyland recently where it was warmer in Paris <laughs> um, than it was at Magic Mountain, which is kind of weird. Um, but we really enjoyed just kind of having some, some cool rides and actually kind of, you know, having a cold face after getting off right at Magic Mountain rather than like a scorched one. Yeah, walking around in our, in our little Coaster King sweaters and just enjoying like a, a pretty, like, like walking around the park and walking for like literally miles and not feeling like overheated and, and out of breath as much because it was such a pleasant temperature outside. Now, the first thing I kind of want to start discussing is Wonder Woman, Flight of Courage. So, this new coaster is obviously the world's longest single rail coaster, derivative of um, Jersey Devil, Jersey Devil at Six, Six Great Adventure. Adventure, except for the finale of it has like an overbank turn that crosses over. Uh, it has one extra airtime hill, and then yeah. a um, overbank turn that crosses over the DC universe. So that's what it's going to be called yeah. once it reopens. Yeah, it hovers um, right over and the then way. comes back um, and has a long break run that faces yeah. the first loop on Batman, and then turns into the old um, station from Green Lantern. Really, really exciting. Um, a lot of supports that are for the Immelman and the turnaround at the far end, right in front of Riddler's entrance, are actually already vertical. So um, not all of it's vertical because it's going to be a lot taller. But, um, you know, progress is on the way, and it's kind of nice to see it all coming together, especially after West Coast Racers being one of those projects that was so delayed. It's really fun kind of seeing, um, you know, this single road coaster going vertical. And I think that the size of the coaster, which is not very large by Magic Mountain standards, the support structure isn't very complicated by Magic Mountain standards. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it's going to go up pretty quick, and I think we're going to have a, you know, summer opening um, as intended. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Everything around the area looks awesome. Batman has been repainted. They are doing a lot of work on where the entrance plaza is. They took Flash out. It's rumored to be either relocated to um, near Tidal Wave, um, you know, where Tidal Wave's splash yeah, the turnaround round was, the station. or um, over to Pistachio Park. So, funny enough, they're, they're not planning on putting Flash back to where it was um, in DC Universe, which I found kind of weird because I thought it would all fit together. But at the same time, it's, I think they guys are going for a big open really approach to their new coaster, especially with the coaster crossing over the midway and crossing... Um, into you know like right into the plaza yeah it's very possible there. that yeah. that the support structures needed to go um, where some of the infrastructure for flash was but I'm just excited to hear that it's likely still going to be uh, going to be around yeah I think it was a good choice for like opening up that midway the funny thing about flash I mean that ride's quite old it came to the park in 1973 and you can actually you could walk a whole circle around it it was completely accessible to walk like behind it and there was bathrooms there. It was kind of an odd um it was kind of an odd spot and I think it's gonna look really good, like completely uh, you know, leveled and, and opened up nicely and I think Wonder Woman uh will look really lovely in its little in its corner over there, um, without being obscured. And yeah, hopefully I mean the flash it's funny, when we went when was it? Let's see. The last time we went to Magic Mountain was January, right? And we, yeah, late January. Flash's vehicles were um, right under Scream, under the corkscrew. Now they've migrated to like under the boomerang. So they're 
they're being kicked around out there. There's, I think, there's some people who think the ride's being scrapped. I don't think that's as likely because they probably would have ground it up into powder by now. It wouldn't still be on property. Um, yeah, Scream's ride plot is very common for rides when they're going through refurbishments. You yeah. just be laid out. And um, I don't think a ride that's going to be demolished is going to be laid under screen. Didn't they put Scrambler there? Yeah, Scrambler was there yeah. when they were when they were redoing the area and they were making it like jam and bumpers and yeah. then the new Scrambler. Yeah. Um, and so you know, and the same thing with Swashbuckler when that goes undergoes maintenance, it, it's yeah. stored underneath yep. Scream. So I definitely don't think it's going anywhere. And if anything, I think the park has a has a good balance of coasters and flat rides. Like it's not super heavy on the flat rides, but it's has such a solid coaster collection. All yeah. kind of works out. So I don't really expect it to go anywhere. But yeah, I'm look, I'm really looking forward to Wonder Woman. We haven't ridden Jersey Devil yet. That's like the last like notable RMC in the country that we have, have yet ridden. to ride. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference between these rides, other than like the extra little airtime air hill and, and turnaround, is that this uh, Wonder Woman's going to have a 12 car train. Uh, instead of the 10-car Jersey Devil train. And part of the reason why they were able to accomplish that was because since they needed to route the brake run and station a little differently anyway to fit the ride in, they were able to create a longer brake run and longer station to accommodate those two extra cars. And uh, I'll be curious to see uh, in what ways the two rides differ besides some of the more obvious ways. but like Yeah, pacing can be quite affected yeah. with the longer trains, but also Magic Mountain is in a much hotter environment, so rides there, generally speaking, just run really fast. Run fast. And that's something that may sound weird if you're kind of from like uh, like, like our usual climates, like, like in Europe, but you should kind of be able to tell, like, hey, in the winter, the rides run slower, in the summer, they run faster. In Orlando, it's something that's super obvious, too. Like, in the winter... Yeah. coaster is not the coaster you think it is if yeah. you ride it in like a really cool December off day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the same goes for rides at Magic Mountain. They really do run differently when it's really hot out in the summer, when it's easily 120 degrees out, mm-hmm. um, you know, or in the winter when it may be like cold or windy. And um, so I, I think that's going to also make a bit of a difference on the um, on the ride experience for Wonder Woman, personally. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um so moving on, what, what should be our next little... I think we should talk about should Tatsu. talk about Tatsu. So Tatsu, um, of course, has that new color scheme going on that everyone knows about. People are, like, nicknaming it the Nickelodeon color scheme, especially on our California Coast against <laughs> Twitter. Our post blew up, and even though I was really excited to share with everyone how great it looks, uh, looks like everyone and the mother was really excited to say how much it looked like a Nickelodeon-themed coaster. This ride's color scheme is extremely polarizing. I think you're either... I think everyone is passionate about it. You're either very happy with it like we are you're very not happy with it I think it. my biggest <laughs> surprise is people tweet. are acting like they've never seen such a thing before but then there's coasters through the clouds at Nanchang Sunak land that's been around for years and, and it has iconic. the exact same color scheme like, it's, it's one a of the huge most huge ride one of the most iconic big modern intimate products I mean yes we are definitely really into the Asian European coaster markets and we're really big on like planning our trips there and like covering it and you know, you can ask me a lot of questions about the majority of Asia's like new parks, and I would actually know the answers for you. But and I understand that it's not necessarily everyone's gig. But I'm also kind of surprised that people just haven't been taking notice of this giant 
green support, orange track, Intamin, hyper coaster, borderline giga. Like, it's yeah. a big, big coaster. Yeah, it's like a 260-foot-tall hyper coaster with a turnaround at the top of the lift hill. Like, yeah, and so, like, the color scheme is not new. And yeah. I think if, I don't know if Magic Mountain necessarily drew inspiration from it because, obviously, green was is, is in Tatu's identity, and so is orange. Um, but I am in love with the colors. Crazy, I think it looks awesome. Crazy about it. Yeah, I really I do. think it's my favorite color scheme in the park now. And it's not even finished. Every I will say, I think their the color way. choices have been so strong lately. Really strong. So Scream, obviously, in 2015 got repainted to have that orange and the blue. Works really well together, of course. The green and the yellow on Riddler are phenomenal. The orange and the... And we were skeptical about Riddler, too. Like, when it, when they first started painting it, we were like, oh, wow, it's, like, super bright for Riddler now. We're I mean, it works that they like, have, like, opposite coloring. Like, yeah. you know, orange, green, obviously, obviously opposites. And then you have your Scream... Um, very similar as well. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, it all kind of works really well. And I think doing the two-tone is not a bad thing at all, despite, you know, Magic Mountain having had really cool colors for their B&M, especially Scream and, and Tatsu prior and their prior schemes where there was three color involved. Uh, but I think it just looks really good. It has a nice presence, and it's important for the park to have, especially Tatsu, which from a distance is such a incredibly obvious coaster in the lineup. It's almost like a, it's like a curtain of steel supports yeah. that is, like, kind of line up with the park because... It's such a massive elevated coaster on top of the mountain um, that it needed something really popping, something that looked kind of new, but also something that wouldn't be like, you know, like the orange and the yellow was honestly a lot, especially when it started fading from a distance. Like having lived there and seeing it every day, you know? Yeah, it was, for a while there, like the mid-2000s, I feel like all the B&Ms were getting the two-tone track bed where, like, the spine was one color and the cross tie and rails were a different color, and that's still like a popular choice at places like Cedar Point, like Raptor and Gatekeeper have that. And um, Tatsu had it with the the yellow and red, which it looked really good when it was new, but it just really did not age well. It faded poorly, and I think doing a solid track color is going to be beneficial for the aging of the paint job. I think they're just learning that, like, a 10-year-old B&M looks a lot better with a solid track color than it does with the faded... Like, with the two tones sort of bleeding into each other. Um, well, another thing that Tatsu is rumored to have is um, the quality of paint that X2 has. A really, really expensive coat that lasts much longer. So, for reference, Viper and X2 were both repainted at the same time. Mm-hmm. Late 2007, early 2008. Now, we all know how Viper looks, which is incredibly faded <laughs> and, um, you know, almost pinkish. And then pink. there's X2, which still has that dark red looks color to it. Fresh as a daisy, yeah. So, um, as long as Tatsu is getting a coat of paint that is to the quality of X2, they're not going to need to do a significant repaint on it for, like, the next at least decade and um, I think that's kind of the goal because Tatsu is so hard to repaint for years yeah. at every media event or anything we did with the park or whenever we talked to any park representatives they got so tired of being asked of course about it. everyone <laughs> and not just us brought up kind of like hey like are we going to see Tatsu repainted for like the next season and it was always one of those things where it's like it's impossible to get to the rides like grown in between trees it is elevated on different elevations I mean there is a few rides as spectacular as Tatsu when it comes to its unique support work and the park will always bring up like leadership how unique Tatsu is and how Tatsu could never be done again because yeah. it's just simply such an undertaking to build a ride of such skill on, on such a terrain. I mean, again, Tatsu's giant 140, yeah, the magnitude. Loop, 140 feet um, pretzel is at the end of the ride, which is impossible to do unless you have a whole mountain or cliff to work with. So um, I, I, I'm excited that they finally got to the point where they could paint it. And I also think with that, 
new, um, hopefully enhanced, what I believe is true, enhanced coat of paint, it's going to look fresh for a longer for a time, long time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think Riddler, Riddler's still looking quite fresh as well. That paint job is now almost five years old. Yeah, 2017, so, yeah, so it's so about five it's, years old. It's looking good. I think Magic Mountain is just a very handsome park, I think. It comes with a lot of very attractive-looking coasters, and um, any time a ride at that park starts to fade, at this point in the game, there's, you know, with this management team, it's only a matter of time before they um, take on either a fresh coat of paint for the ride, like with Batman, or a totally new color scheme, like the... Um, color swatches that they're currently testing for Goliath. Yeah, so um, Goliath could potentially <laughs> look like how Iron, sorry, um, Raging Bull at Six Flags Great America yeah, looked at its like opening. So first a like darkish yellow, almost like a, a burnt, yeah, like a burned yeah. yellow, and then a um, dark red, maroonish, brownish um, support structure. Yeah. So the current supports. Um, but then a little bit more like Iron Wolf was actually in the same park. Um, that color supports. And we're not sure if the paint that they're testing on Goliath is primer, which it looks a little bit like primer, and if the track is going to remain orange. But there is a really good possibility that Goliath will no longer have teal supports um, in about a year from now. It is rumored to go down for a year-long refurbishment and includes um, a refurbishment of like everything queue station perhaps trains so that seems a little unlikely the to me the trains are so good though like and the um, of course the repaint which is the a most little odd, important they part they run like a dream like they, they really do I mean they, Goliath is still such an incredibly smooth attraction they it's could probably paint. do something a little different with the seat molds themselves but like the, the, there's nothing to be done about the chassis because it's flawless Goliath, we always talk about how Goliath has aged better than any B&M, just about. Like, even the smoothest B&Ms um, could only... I mean, no, it's Giovanola, but yeah. always, obviously we always draw the parallel well, yeah, we to always, B&M. Because people talk about, well, B&Ms are, like, the smoothest, and it's like, well, Giovanola's hypercoasters, I mean, I don't know how they accomplish... It, it's, like, pure witchcraft. Or, I mean, you can get so used to, like, the Intamin rattle or even the B&M rattle on some of these coasters, and then you get, like... You get Goliath, and it just it runs like glass the whole way through. I don't know how. I mean, speaking of like really smooth BMs that that are that are really like standing their ground, you know, no pun intended. Come on, standing their ground. <laughs> okay, I, okay, I did intend the pun. Stop. Anywho, um, Riddler's Revenge is just keeping is just holding up so well. It's it's impressive how well it runs. There was a period in my life. Um, I was really obsessed with Riddler when I didn't live in America yet, and we went to Magic Mountain on this family vacation, and the last day I, like, really made a point that we had to go to Six Flags, and so we did. And um, Riddler was, like, a standout ride for me, and I was really impressed and really obsessed with it. And then we moved, and we lived there, and my interest kind of slowly died a little bit, and then towards the last couple of years that we lived in Valencia, I really started liking Riddler again, and really got obsessed with it, and started appreciating how well it's running compared to other B&Ms of that age, or even earlier stand-ups, or <clears throat> Vortex at Great America. <laughs> and now, every time we go back, it's just like Viper, Ninja, Riddler, we're just obsessed. I'm so in love with how well it runs, it looks great, all three trains are on the tracks. It is just a well-loved ride. The station music still works. Such they, a vibe. They brought the, the, the question mark laces back about like 2014, 15. So it's just it's just nice to know that Riddler, that massive 1998 coaster, over two decades later, you know, almost two and a half decades later at this point, it still runs almost like it opened like you know ten years ago. I feel really really proud of the park and, and how they've maintained it, and it is such a massive 
coaster in the back. Park patrons love it. Like, I always see line. I always see people, like, oh, really people into it. Are crazy but enthusiasts don't really talk about Riddler, and I think it's one of the most underrated coasters in the United States. I think it's, I think it's one of the best B&Ms ever built. It's just so solid. The layout I think is phenomenal. At the time, in 1998, when they built it, it was the best B&M ever built up to that point. And I feel like it's a great ride. Not just like a great ride for a stand-up coaster, but it is just an objectively wonderful ride. And there's nothing I would change about it. Yeah, I do feel that, I mean, okay, the stand-up thing is a little, you know, dated at this point. But I think if you were to open this layout um, in 2022, it would be one of those layouts yeah. we're going to talk about. It's like Benchy Massiveness. Just like really sharp elements, as in like the way they're designed, it's they're just really clever. The ride really flows without repeating itself too much. And despite it's you know me saying that there's only one element that repeats itself twice, and that's actually really unique, which is to, to the double dive loop behind yes. each other. Um, because in a way, despite it repeating itself, it also is so unique. Because one goes to the left and one goes to the right, and they both feel so different when yeah. you ride them. Yeah, even the corkscrews do that too. One goes to the left and one goes to the no, they both. No, they the, both go to the left. Jk, but they're very. But, different. One, but one is like part of a drop. So one you is drop into like it elevated and ends into a and drop. Exits into that crazy sharp left turn, and the other one is like buried in the ground. Yeah, and it shoots up. So um, yeah, overall, Riddler is just such a good ride, and also I feel like B and M coasters, especially from this age, the nineties, uh, late nineties, early two two thousand, it's really rare for them to do stuff that isn't just like a bunch of inversions. And Riddler really has that like. That, those moments in between that it doesn't have inversion. So like after the half of this. So ride. yeah, after the inclined loop, it has that really awesome sharp, like almost like a the wave turn moment that goes into the brake run and the, the myth course, and it has that drop out of it. And then after that course through, you have that whole airtime hill, yeah. And then you have the whole like helix, that and then little, you have to fi- yeah, the the, the S shape, and then you dive into the final course through. It there's a significant amount of of time spent the second half. Where there is no inversions, like you know, it's bookended by two core screws, but that's it. There's just some great drops, some great. There's some great airtime on this ride, some great negative G's. Um, yeah, it, every, every it's one of those rides where like just every second of it just feels so perfectly choreographed. And uh, I don't know, I just could could never say enough great things about this ride. It's funny because like my first rides on it, I, when I was I remember riding it when I was a kid, and I just felt like the positive G's on the inversions were too much for me, like they made my legs hurt, but. 22 years later I'm like the biggest fan of this ride ever um, and it's one that like not only do we always have to ride it whenever we go to Magic Mountain but we pretty much always need to ride it twice like once is never enough no yeah totally and it's also one of those rides where when you're really tall and it's just like a little fun fact you're always kind of front row because I can stand in the back <laughs> row and as long as there's someone in the car in front of me their seats obviously depend on how tall you are than, and I'm always yeah. in the tallest setting so I always look over the entire train. It's almost like a fun little POV yeah. thing. But, I mean, either way, it's just such an incredible it's like coaster. B&M at their very, very best, in my opinion. It's euphoric. I, I think so, too. Um, next up, let's talk a little bit about the coaster that's kind of close to it. This is kind it. of a new obsession for us. Yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily we're call myself really? super obsessed with it, but I will but we're, say we're, that I really appreciate it. We're enamored with West Coast Racers. So West Coast Racers is one of the few premieres that have the sleeker trains, or as this premiere called them when they were first launched, that I actually kind of like. Because, okay, so the trains are really... A, 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 um, Something that really bothered me. So it's, <laughs> I don't want to put this too negatively because Premier has some incredible coasters. We all love the Mr. Freeze coasters. And I, we think Icebreaker at SeaWorld Orlando is a really, really strong That's addition. A winner. Yeah. It is just the comfort color situation and getting in and out of those trains. It's just, as a six, and, six foot five tall guy, it's a struggle bus, dude. Like, it is, it is the struggle racer for me. But 
at the same time, you have to appreciate a good layout. You have to appreciate good forces, good interaction, um, an impressively unique suspended support structure. It looks like this whole bridge infrastructure <laughs> they built just to the buttressing to house the two <laughs> racing tracks and then suspended above another attraction, the the go karts. It is it is a marvel to look at. It's an engineering masterpiece. And it's also, I guess, a really solid ride. It isn't too intense, but it also has some, like, really good positive Gs and really good negative Gs. And it's a guaranteed race. So, like, you're always racing another vehicle. And we all know racing coasters are races. It's a guaranteed race, double race, awesome. too. Like, you get it both. Whereas, like, I think we have one... T- I've ridden Twisted Colossus one time where it dueled both times around. And it felt like I hit the lottery. Um, I think the more I ride West Coast Racers and the more I fall in love with it, one of my favorite qualities about it, which is a, a quality that we bring up with a lot of rides for which this quality is present, but that it has inversions, but it doesn't I don't feel like it relies on the inversions. This ride has a lot of substance that is not loops, and I like how there's two inversions per lap, and obviously there's the, the interlocking corkscrew midway through both rides, but then one side has an inversion right at the beginning, the first side has the inversion. You start out with a nice inversion, you get the two interlocking corkscrews, and then the end of the second half of the ride has the last inversion. It's just a really well-paced ride that's like, yeah, it's a looping coaster. It's got four inversions, but, man, there's just... This ride's got so much going for it. Um, for us, we just can't get enough of the the interlocking figure-eight helix. It is it is crazy how, how good that is. Um, the way that the tracks are just aligned with each other the entire time... And yet, at the end, they somehow cross over each other. It's just, it's a really compact um, premier coaster, and I don't really usually associate the, the Skyrocket kind of coasters with being very compact, because the trains are three bench, you know, um, which is quite large for a compact coaster train. Yeah. Um, but West Coast Racers um, has all these little, these little moments throughout the ride, especially at the, uh, at the end, where it just kind of dives and does like these little hops and then inversions, and it's all really tight. And it's just fun to ride a, 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 a looping premiere that does those sort of things. It's just very different, and it's a really great fit. And another thing that I just appreciate about the ride, and I think, generally speaking, the ride surroundings are always elevate the ride, which is why you know Disney, good Disney coasters are so high in our rankings because a good environment, a good theme, a good story, um, obviously elevates the ride experience. And the way that West Coast Racers ties together the underground, that the part of the park it's in. The way that it elevated that that corner of the park, I mean, if you knew what it looked like before, you'll completely understand what we're talking about. It's just a really good ride. It's just, you know, looking at it off-ride and being in the middle of the area and just looking around you, there's always these trains racing around. It's just immersive, even off-ride. And I think, especially for a Six Flags coast, it's honestly kind of unique. And I, I think that's why I appreciate it so much. I mean, yeah, you, and you just couldn't ask for a more unique ride. Like, there's just, even among the pedigree of... of Premier Rides coasters and Skyrockets and stuff. I mean, it's funny that they have Full Throttle. This is actually a funny segue because we're about to talk about Full Throttle. But it's funny to think that like they have two roller coasters of the exact same product line, um, and yet they are they, so yeah, different. Yeah, the announcement of West Coast Racers was so weird because in a moment, it's like, okay, obviously very exciting, new coaster, it looks big. Yeah. But also, it doesn't look that big for Magic Mountain standards because we're looking at you know world record breakers every time one opens. So it was weird being like, well, we already have full throttle. We already have Twisted Colossus. Now we're getting like a full Colossus or like a 
like a twist of throttle. Like, what are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or a twist of throttle, which I think is also sounds pretty good. But um, the, it's it's great how completely different all those three rides are, and a full throttle, which we don't historically ride a whole lot. We're not the biggest full throttle people. Um, we actually rode it this trip, and we really enjoyed our ride. I mean, I it, it. and it's good for what it is. Um, I think that the brake run at the bottom of the loop is kind of harsh, and it also is, you know, the ride's short. But it's it's a really solid loop, some good hang time, really good launch. And the way that it's built over the mountain, and, you know, you start at the bottom of the mountain, and you have that giant loop. But then, you you know, you zigzag your way all the way up the mountain, and you kind of run out of speed, but you're really not that far from the ground, because you're all the way up the mountain. And then you, you know, of course, have your dive loop into the tunnel, you reverse launch, and then you launch out of the tunnel. Um, underground... Roller coaster like that. Um, it's almost kind of like roller coaster tycoon. Like there's not a whole lot of places around the world where there is actually underground tunnels on roller coasters that are longer than a couple seconds. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect of, of uh, full throttle. Yeah, personally. it's a clever. You know, it's really it's growing on me. It's eight years old now. It's grown into itself a little bit. The infield that the ride occupies looks a lot better than it did the first time I rode it. Um, it's it's an it's an interesting ride, and sometimes a ride's value is determined later like it's not I, I feel like any ride can can appear valuable on opening day but full throttle is the kind of ride where it was sort for me it was sort of like okay these are some interesting choices but in retrospect it's like well they made some 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 great choices that have yet to be duplicated there's there's no it's funny that the, the riding on the inside of the loop and on the outside of the loop hasn't been done no one else has seems done that. so marketable I mean, I guess with the exception of, like, Dueling Dragon at, at Guangzhou Sunak, but that's two different coasters yeah. sharing the same vertical loop. The fact, like, using this, having this, this vertical loop top hat, like, up, like right side up top hat combo is, I mean, it's aesthetically very pleasing. They, they made a good choice with this ride as far as, like, something that is going to look really nice from the interstate is very striking. Um... For a lot of people, I feel like they're still a little sour about Logjammer <laughs> being demolished to accommodate this ride, but I guess just what we've learned from people working in the park about Logjammer was, was that it was inevitable, and that ride was so full of problems. Even from day one, it was a problematic log flume, relatively speaking, compared to, like, Jetstream, which was, like, a much, like, a workhorse log flume, where it was full of all this, like, updated log flume technology that made log flumes in general a more reliable ride things like the turntable station the double drop um it was just like night and day between the two rides so it's it's no surprise some people kind of thought that after log jammer went it's like first of all they were like well why is Jetstream even still open like why is that still a thing it's not as good as log jammer it's like well it's not it wasn't supposed to be log jammer they're two different rides with different experiences Especially when Jetstream still had the, like, the airtime hill thing at the bottom. That was really cool. I understand why they profiled it out. And if you want to experience what that was like, just go to Hershey Park and ride the Coal Cracker because it's the only... You can get hurt in it. Yeah, that's super violent. Like, it's, make, it's no surprise that Six Flags took the, the airtime humps out of all of their hydroflumes. But I digress. I really like Jetstream. I love, of course, I love Logjammer too. But Jetstream just made a lot more sense. And Logjammer's plot being like this elevated lake... 
caldera looking thing over Bugs Bunny Land. I mean, it would flood all the time. The ride, it was the so logs would beat and then themselves up between with the, the drops. Between the drops, there was like a very short. That S so for turns. those that don't really know Log Jammer, you <laughs> used to go all the way into the mountain, like almost up to like a Superman level. Yeah, you went up to um, and then Samurai Summit, you would yeah. just kind of like zigzag around, and you would cross underneath the lift hill, and you would make your way all the way over to where Tatsu's Breaker is. So you would kind of cover all the way alongside where the loop is for full throttle now and then you would have two drops that would bring you all the way back down to ground level so you were kind of up right where uh, full throttle's tunnel is um, and you would then have a series of two drops to bring you all the way down to ground level um, which is quite the height and for the first drop wouldn't be quite as tall but then you would go into like this eastern paperclip kind of like going back <laughs> around and then you would have the second drop but there was kind of this issue with like the boat spacing sometimes. Where first of all, the first drop you would come in too hot, so like you would be like coming down a smaller the smaller drop, out of the right edge, of and your you would boat. be like going like you would be on an elevated piece of flume track, still like really high into the hills, and you would smack into that into that turn, and then like the water would flow like all the way down the hill and on the concrete and down the bushes. Like it was just it was also not a very environmentally good ride. And then you would ride. make your way around, and then there would be another block. And sometimes the blocks would kind of like stack. Sometimes the boats would slam into each other because one boat was going way faster than the other boat. And then you would still have to go down that main drop at the bottom, which was a really large drop. It's about, I think, about as large as, as Jetstream's drop, if not larger. The capacity for this ride shrank. It was just wild. As it got older, because the more it ran, the more they kept, they would have incidents. And they're like, well, we need to space the boats out. And then there would be another incident. They're like, well, we need to space the boats out even more to the point where like they really couldn't run as many boats in succession. Uh, as, as intended. I mean, it's fun. it's one of those things. You look at old pictures of the park, like from opening year, all that fanfare. Like, there's so many boats on Logjammer, and it's like, when I was a kid, they never ran that many logs on Logjammer at once. No, and I'm pretty all. sure it's because it was not safe to, like, send a boat down drop one until the boat in front of it was down drop two. Like, I'm convinced that that has a part in it. Obviously, it's a lot of it is, is hearsay, but there was just so many problems with that ride. So for anybody who still is, like, not living their best full throttle life because they're angry about Logjammer, we humbly like implore you to let it go because it was time. It was time for Logjammer. It ran for 40 years. It was a cool ride. We still have Jetstream, which we love. Um, but next up, let's talk a little bit about... Um, moving on. Moving on. We're going to talk about Superman, Escape from Krypton. Also, you know... On Samurai Summit. Yes. Um, so for the last three visits we had prior to this one, we really wanted to ride the forward car because they turned it forward late last year. We're like, boom, let's do it. I want to re-experience Superman the escape. And then every three times we went, either the ride was down or they were only running backwards. We're like, well, we don't want to wait for backwards. It's not really worth it. We've already ridden backwards so many times. And then this trip, we saw it testing forward, which we didn't really realize it was running forward because we were like, well, it's just testing. It's not open, whatever. Um, and then we were just taking some casual pictures of Full Throttle, Gold Rusher, Riddler, Tatsu, all the good stuff on Sunrise Summit. And then they opened the queue, so we like ran inside. We didn't even look at like the forward or backward. We just looked at, we just went in. So we just followed the queue. We didn't yeah, even we look thought, at the well, sign. We'll ride it regardless because we're here. Yeah, because we haven't been in a minute. And like the queue just opened, so there's definitely not going to be a wait. And we get to the station and we realize, oh shit. It's running forwards, and we got really, really excited. And as you can see so in the vlog, excited. we're like we're dancing, like we're like super into it. And it was really fun. I mean, it. It wasn't quite the free fall feeling I remember as a kid, but at the same time, we've ridden a million one coasters now, and we're kind of like, you know, our bodies are used to like doing the whole 
the whole drop thing. But it also feels a little different now, I think, with the restraint system. Sure. But still, it was just so fun riding forward. And I just appreciate the launch so much more because you gain such tremendous speed. And then, like, when you launch up, you can kind of appreciate way more how tall the tower is when you go up it. And he's, like, seeing the tower just, like, you know, flying by all those staircases. It was really fun. I mean, it didn't go quite as high as I expected because when it runs empty, it will literally go way into the red. But when it doesn't, when, when it's full, it can, you know, it yeah. just goes a little bit into the red. Um, but either way, though, it was just really fun. And I'm so glad that we got to ride it forwards finally. It was really good. Yeah, it had been a long, long time for me since riding it forward. I mean, it had been a long time since I'd ridden it at all. And so riding it forward felt like such a novelty. It felt like a great throwback. I love the idea of them having one side forward, one side backward. Um, and so I look forward to to future rides on it, whether it be forward or backward. I think the ride, it, it, it's funny, I feel like the ride's actually aging surprisingly well. I feel like it's aging better than people thought it was aging maybe like 15 years ago, but the, the whole Escape from Krypton gimmick ended up having a lot of substance and and 10 years later they're like, well we're going to turn one side forward again and now that is substantial once again. It's it's a ride that really has has a lot going for it for such a simple ride that even when it opened, people would pigeonhole the ride as a one-trick pony. But it's like, it's one of those things, you know, you really, you get used to the ride and you start to really like it for what it is and for the fact that it's so unique. It's one of a kind now. We don't have Tower of Terror in, in Australia anymore and so yeah, it's 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 again just a great unique asset for for Magic Mountain that is um, seems to have a bright future ahead. Speaking of brights, let's talk about the uh, pain scheme on Scream. Still holding up pretty strong. Um, Scream is one of those rides where we love Scream. Um, now we're no longer living there. We just appreciate the ride a lot more. I mean, I know we've said it about several attractions, but Scream is just another one of those rides where I liked it when we lived there because it never had a queue and it ran pretty smooth. But also, you know, it's, it's in a park like Magic Mountain where there's so many outstanding attractions. But really, it is it is a good attraction. Like, it is a good ride. Every time we, we go to Magic, we, we end up riding Scream. And we're always kind of like, yeah, you know, we should ride this more. Like, it's just so good. We always make time for it. Even though, I mean, we live in Orlando. We literally have Kraken down the street, and we love Kraken. But... Even though we go to Magic Mountain and there's so much to do, we never hesitate to ride Scream, even though it's like, oh, well, it's kind of like Kraken. It's like, well, it's still worth riding it because it's just a great ride. What can I say? Yeah, not much else to say about it. And I, I think that finally the whole parking lot coaster thing is kind of dying out. People are no longer complaining about it being in the parking lot. And honestly, the lines below have blurred over time. So yeah. I'm really not that bothered by its location. I kind of, I kind of like it. It has its own plaza and... No, the queue itself is actually kind of cutely landscaped. Like it's like really, the there's really nothing bad about it. Nice views from the station. Nice views from the and from the mountains and the, yeah, and the station, and always have a nice breeze even in the summer because it's you know it is kind of out and in the, the music. Open. Music is such 2000s. a throwback. Oh my god, it's yes. early two thousands house. The thumping. two best musics in the whole park are Riddler and Scream. They have this like banging soundtrack. That's some of the best station music of any of any rides anywhere. And it's also impressive they still do those musics for the station. Yeah. Even Goliath still has, like, its weird music, like, the whole, like, whatever a tropical thing that's supposed to be. <laughs> um, now let's talk about the ride. The, the section of the podcast is going to piss off the most people. Yeah. Is that Twisted Colossus? Like, Twisted Colossus. Yeah, I'm just over it. Can't be bothered. We haven't. We didn't even ride this trip. We haven't we ridden ride it the last two trips. Yeah, we didn't ride it in January. We did ride it in November or October last year. Uh, on, on that trip but it's just one of those rides where like it's only running two, two, two trains lately and it's not racing and 
Um, if it it's doesn't just, race, I'm just kind of over it. I don't have time for it. Uh, West Coast racers do be racing, and I know that Twisted Colossus no longer has to race because Twisted uh, West Coast racers races. It'd be a lot more awkward if West Coast racers didn't race, right? Than Twisted Colossus just being Colossus. Yeah, and Twisted like, Colossus you know, is it doesn't really now. It doesn't like explicitly mention anything about twice. racing. Like that's yeah. that's what's yeah. And if you like RMCs, it's it's a perfectly good ride. Like we like uh, yeah. it in the rankings, kind of like halfway through, but at the same time, like you knowing its glory when it opened and it was always racing and they were like pushing it out yeah that was just like the dream and i'm also just amazed that you know the the rate they're not racing when they're running three trains is blamed on the fact that people have to put the losers on the side and the train doesn't get out fast enough but the park has never thought like oh let's put this build a locker station right in front of the ride and then people have to just put their stuff on lockers and then you know it's a guaranteed race because nobody has to get out on the other side of the train I find it weird because stuff like X2, it's like, all right, you got to put all your stuff in a locker, no no exceptions. But then there's a ride like Twisted Colossus that it can really, really benefit from having lockers. And now we're over here like seven, eight years later, and Twisted Colossus doesn't have lockers um, at the same time as, you know, sorry, seven years later. At the same time, it's like, I feel like they should have just built the lockers in, in there, and then that would have solved half of the racing issue from the get-go, even before West Coast Racers even opened. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, I mean, we we could, I, I, I don't dislike the ride. It's not like we avoid it because we don't like it. It's just, like, not what we're there for, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is a really strong When you coaster. take the racing away, it's a very standard I think it's RMC what I like experience, most, yeah. which like, there's no shortage of standard RMC experiences at really anywhere in the country. If we want to ride an RMC, we now have Iron Quasi. There's no need for us to bother with Twisted Colossus on our precious short time at Magic Mountain on our visits. There's like 15 other coasters at that park that have like a higher priority. So we take a few pictures of it and lament. <laughs> we think about, we ruminate over the good times, the racing rides, and even that one double race ride that we had. Well, speaking of things that we find a little more important when we go, is Ninja. <laughs> First of all, Ninja, it can like either have a crazy long line or run one train, or there's like nobody there. That's like no in between, I feel, with, with Ninja, especially when the helpful Honda Express there's is down. There's been times where we just skipped it because the line was so long and it was running one train, but luckily on this trip, we rode it not once, but once per day. Yeah, and it was running great. Um, yeah, not, you know, the usual. I just find that it's a little more exposed now to take pictures of. I still miss the whole forest that it had years. Photographing it is a right, lot of fun. Right, before the 2014. The ride uh, experience is, is kind of, but yeah, it's funny how long it's been since they cut all those trees down. It's I, I, I still think back to that. It feels like such a long time ago. But yeah, the area around the ride with, with Jetstream and stuff, it's a nice looking area. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the experience that it was. But you know what? I also really love just being able to see the ride. Like, yeah. I love sitting in West Coast racers, like, waiting for the, the first launch or the third launch and just, like, admiring Ninja, you know, just off to the side, like, vibing with Jetstream. Ninja and Jetstream together are just one of my favorite ride pairings. I can't get enough of either of those rides. It's just nice that that back corner of the park, which I include those two rides in there, despite their stations not being close to each other, now has, like, you know, the... Together with Apocalypse and West Coast Racing, oh, yeah. that just feels like just such a full corner. And for years and years and years, the park struggled of making that corner full. And in 2010, they were supposed to put the Mr. Six Dance Coaster there, which is now Roadrunner Express, um, elsewhere in the park. And it was supposed to be like Apocalypse, Deja Vu, and the Mr. Six Coaster were going to make like a new area. And that just never happened. Even though the maps came out, I have maps of it <laughs> where it has that ride in that spot. Um, I guess, you know, it just never materialized. And I think that they finally have it together. Do I miss Deja Vu? Yes, you can still oh, see yeah. its bones. And despite there being a really cool um, Aftermath 2 Fright Fest maze, 
I still miss Deja Vu. I can't, can't, can't deny that. Also, super salty. They sent it to Six Flags New England, and they now ruined it, and now they've demolished it. It's like, super well, salty. why do you guys that was like my screw fave. up a good thing? Like, that was damn. my favorite magic, but oh, oh, whatever. It's whatever. We just go to Silverwood. Um, and then... I also want to give a shout out to, to Magic Mountain for doing its like sixty, sorry, fifty anniversary. Um, the little banners like, everywhere. So obviously, twenty twenty one was a fifty anniversary, but um, you know we can talk about it still because if you're Disney or any theme park chain, you can celebrate a fifty anniversary for as long as you want. Yeah, two years. So the whole park there. is covered in these like special big poster like banners. So usually it would be like corporate ads about like M and M's and Coca Cola and like life's so great with this insurance and healthcare. You know, like, stuff like that. Like, they're really, like, the corporate marketing that yeah. Sick is notorious for. They replaced, like, 20 of those signs with major Magic Mountain roller coasters. And they have, like, these really nice, cool, modern posters these with the 50th anniversary posters. logo in it. And it's really, it's honestly really the dope. The Viper one, I would buy. Like, yeah, Magic Mountain, if, if you're listening, made... if you have to bring that down, can you please let oh me know? Oh, my God. I, I will would, put it as I a centerpiece in the house. <laughs> I'm not going to email them. Not kidding. <laughs> but yeah, the posters are really handsome, and I just like the way that they're kind of scattered around the park. They're not necessarily next to their respective rides. They're they're just sort of like advertising the different rides around the park, and I don't know. It's just very nostalgic. I love I love the way that Magic Mountain seems to really reinvest in in their rides. They want their rides to always be camera ready and. And functional, and sometimes that does mean a lot of downtime. It was definitely our visits in the winter time we cherish for the low crowds and the great weather and stuff. But it's definitely off season. Like you have to go into magic. Yeah, you have to be ready with for the stuff right to be closed. Because when we went on day one, a Riddler was closed. Obviously, Tats is closed for repaint. We had Batman's completely Batman, inaccessible. Batman, of course, closed. Uh, Lex Luthor is closed. Superman never opened that day. Superman was closed all day. So Revolution had, was closed on our trip because of its proximity yep. to Tatsu's paint So we had, project. like, six major rides down. And on the second day, we had, luckily, we had Riddler open. Yeah. I mean, Superman open. But, but we still had X2, X2 and closed. Yeah. Lex Luthor and Batman and Revolution down. And, yeah. So... Yeah. But yeah, we've been there so many times, so it, doesn't, it isn't bothersome. But there is just this thing about having parks that run 365 with really maintenance-heavy attractions, and Knott's really guilty of it, too. I don't want to hear any excuse. I don't want to hear any BS that it's just six flags, because Knott's has it, too. It's notorious. It's like, there's just oh, times of the year, especially early in the year, like February, where there's just a lot of stuff down. Knott's will um, have literally, like, 50% of their e-tickets closed at one point, and that's just... That's just how it is. If it's February, don't show up expecting to ride all the coasters and all the this stuff. Like stuff will be closed. And I guess that's just really kind of how it works. I mean, even the parks in Florida, um, you know, SeaWorld and Busch Gardens. Oh, Busch Gardens have their schedules of closed stuff. Busch Gardens has two B and M's down right now. And then, of course, um, when you think about the parks in Australia on the Gold Coast, which are also three six five, or you know, year round parks, we see vlogs of like people going to Warner Brothers in, uh, on Gold Coast and. Lily, like half of the coast. DC is Rivals is closed. Superman is closed. Green, Green Lantern is closed. It's yeah. like, wow, what are you gonna ride? The like, kitty coaster, riding? like. Yeah. So you know, I don't want people to shit on Magic Mountain for not having all rides open. Generally speaking, and, and especially having lived there the first year, three six five, or the first, yeah, the first full year, yeah. three six five, we lived there. Um, honestly, they do a really good job keeping their stuff open, and especially with big projects like Tetsu repaints, which you know hovers over a bunch of different rides. And then having a whole new area being built, there's just going to be stuff that is closed. Um, 
And as long as you know that going into it, I think you'll have a great time. That's kind of how we prepare ourselves yeah. when we go to trips to Asia. Like we know, okay, Japan or China, we know stuff's not going to yeah. be open. So we go there knowing like, hey, we may want to ride that really cool, awesome, intimate hypercoaster we discussed earlier in the episode um, in you know, Nanchang Sunak land. But we also know we're going to go there. And if it's closed, it's going to be closed. Yeah, and closed. that's going to be it. Like right, I've missed fine. some of the coolest credits. Just take some pictures because and leave. It's closed, you yeah, know, like the, like the OCT thrust um, at Happy Valley yeah. in um, Shenzhen. Shenzhen was yeah. closed. What else did we miss? It was a pretty big deal. Uh, we missed Pyrenees at we missed Park Pyrenees. Espana yep. and, and, because we didn't even go to the park because of a typhoon. So we're like, all right, whatever. We, I missed Hair Racer in Hong Kong also because of typhoon. Also because of a different typhoon. Yeah, yeah it's feel like typhoons are just like part of the theme whenever we go it's to Asia. Goes. But um, so yeah, uh, if you go to Magic, you just kind of have the same understanding. Twenty roller coasters. I mean, the kitty coasters are all running. You're except riding for one of them. Oh yeah, so it was, was um, good. yeah. Hot Rod, uh, Speedy Gonzalez was was missing. Also, everything. shout out for Magic Mountain having their railroad open Whistle again. Whistle Stop Park is open. It again. was so fun and cute. And I was that like, yay! Was I'm glad that's open. Quite some time. It really was. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, the funny thing, the funniest thing to me is like when people from like Ohio, for example, will. In January or February, go to Magic Mountain and then have like the audacity to complain about the rides that are closed. It's like, well, like, well your whole park. It's closed. January. Uh, you know, at your home park. How many yeah. rides are open at Cedar Point right now? Zero. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm just so tired. <laughs> people are like people from coming from all over the, the country because their parks are closed to go to Magic Mountain in the off season, and they're like, well, six coasters were closed. So I'm like, well, Cedar Point has 16 coasters closed right now. So yeah. shut your mouth. Don't want to hear it. Enjoy Magic Mountain. Look, I can't do anything else. That's right. There's no other way for me to do it. But yeah, so one more thing I kind of want to talk about <laughs> is um, you can kind of go behind the park now, and obviously we got some really awesome shots that are on uh, ghostkins.com. Yes. And there's also this whole new housing development, so we've kind of been snooping around and, you know, looking... Snoop. Snooping around. We picked out, like, seven dream homes. That we want to, you know, we, we will potentially move to. There's a lot of interesting, controversial line about, like, those houses. We love really Florida. Weird. Don't get us wrong. But we also love California. But we love California way more. Don't forget, we started as California Coaster Kings. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so... If you ever get a chance to kind of go up there and if you want to kind of see the park from the back, there's these sidewalks that are really close to the park that they really are not going to be able to build anything on those sidewalks that are going to cover the park. So, like, you will, for the pursuable future, yes. have a really nice view of Magic Mountain and you can just walk all, all alongside the back of the park. So, if you ever just looking for something chill to walk at, um, you know, I would say go for a walk there. Kind of take a look. Um, if you're a coast enthusiast, I, we really enjoy doing it. We really enjoy taking videos and pictures back there. Mm. And I advise that you do the same if you yeah. can. Like, it's, it's just fun. It's just different. And I'm sure we'll be back in a couple of weeks um, to go write that. Or, sorry, go go write it. Go visit the park and go write some more <laughs> stuff. Um, as of right now, we have a lot of new content online about new rides. For example, Emperor, we just had um, our associates... Go and check that out. Mm -hmm. We made a, um, a, an online reverse POV that's on YouTube right now. So definitely go ahead and check that out. For Emperor, we have our Iron Gwazi stuff. We have Icebreaker stuff. Um, so we're excited for all the Seawall Park Entertainment coasters. We're obviously going to check out one when that opens. So lots of content. Um, I really appreciate all of your support and following us on social media doing the YouTube thing, of course, listening to Cozy Kings Radio on your favorite streaming service. So please also leave us a review if you can um, on your favorite platform, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, we just appreciate a little bit more uh, you know, reviews. 
And we also appreciate any input. We're going to do a couple more cool episodes, like Hot or Not, and that's coming up. <laughs> we're going to do like a Hot Takes episode. We're going to take your Hot, hot takes, takes, and we're going to judge if they're hot or not. Um, and, you know, kind of what we think about judge them. your Hot Takes, and it's like, is your, is your Hot Take like a Hot Take, or is it just a it's like take? a take? <laughs> uh, so that and more coming um, later in, in this season, season four of Cozy Kings Radio. Um, but for now, we're out. We're off to, uh, to bed. It's yeah, late. It's we got late. our boosters today, and we're starting to feel it. So <laughs> My arm hurts. Get your booster. <laughs> get vaccinated. Get you can go travel and go right coast is outside the country. So that they'll let you into Germany. Or Netherlands, whatever you, wherever you're headed. <laughs> <France>. So <laughs> that's what that's also on the schedule for later this year. But but schedule for now is to go to bed and for you to have a great day. Thank you for listening and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.